You're listening to DraftKings Network. Today on the Cooligans, we take a sneak peek at the Cooligans Classico, our mini documentary. It, you will enjoy it. We enjoyed it. We also discuss the pettiness of the Premier League. Lots of people are talking schmack, and uh, we wade <laughs> through all of it. That's right. Plus, we talked to Meg Linehan. Speaking of someone who has to wade through everything, she explains everything that's going on in women's soccer and NWSL. Owners are taking over. It's succession. It's this. It's that. The <laughs> drama never ends. Meg Linehan is here to explain it all. That and more today on the Cooligans. Hi, this is Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger. And you are listening to our best friends and favorite comedians, the Cooligans. <laughs> yeah, baby! Yes, let us rock on. Let us bring the heat. Let's... <laughs> Let's shred today, boy. Did you just watch uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or something? (laughs) What just happened? Okay, just, you know, a little throwback to a better time when music was really soulful. You know what I'm saying? Okay. (laughs) Old English man (laughs) standing outside of a festival says. (laughs) Uh, What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Cooligans. My name is Christian Polanco. That's right. Now I'm Alexis Van Halen Guerrero. Or whatever Slayer was in your brain. Uh, yes, welcome uh, to the show. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show right here on Football Sports Network. That's right. We're also happen to be the gulliest. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. sure a Slayer reference will let you know we're going. I could the only heavy else. metal band like, you know. Damn. Imagine Dragons. I honestly don't know anything rock. I'm just the first thing I pictured was people with long hair and guitars. Uh, we're excited about today's show because we have an incredible guest. We have uh, we're finally dropping a sneak preview of our Everton documentary. What? So no, what? <laughs> it's real. It, it's actually a real thing. We did it, and you'll get to see. Uh, you'll get to see some of, of that. It. Exactly. Uh, but we're, a little taste. Jo- like you walk in through Costco and they're like, hey, you want a little piece of this bad boy right here? <laughs> You're going to have to buy a 17-pound bag of it if you want the whole thing. Though. Okay. You better get a pickup truck if you want to leave with this. Uh, so, But we are going to be joined uh, later on by Meg Linehan of The Athletic to talk about NWSL. The NWSL Challenge Cup schedule has just been released. So there's a lot of uh, uh, Woso topics to discuss, and we'll, we'll chat it up with her. So, um, okay. Okay, we, we mentioned the Everton documentary. You'll see the sneak peek of that, but we have to talk about a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of pettiness in the that is the Premier League. Okay, I love There's a it. Lo- there's I love a lot. it. You know what I mean? A lot of he said, she said. There's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot mm-hmm. of bringing up old stuff and getting in trouble for <laughs> why it you now. Bring, you literally, you, somebody could say, Wayne Rooney could say, why are you bringing up old stuff? Why, why are we talking about this still, dog? <laughs> Even if I'm the one who brought it up and no one knew about it beforehand, I should just get my mouth shut. Why are you bringing it up? If yeah, you don't but, know what we're talking about, what was it? He? he was on a... He either did an interview, he was on a podcast or something. He brought up a story from 2006 relating. Mm -hmm. And see, I like this. I like seeing the human side of the player, you know? Right. Where he was upset with, uh, when he played for Manchester United, 
He was upset with uh, John Terry and Chelsea, so he purposely put on metal studs in his boots. You know, yeah. well, uh, I mean, he wasn't. It wasn't just simply he was upset about nothing. He was. They were, Chelsea were winning the league, then, yeah, and yeah, essentially yeah. the 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 game the game against uh, uh, against Manchester between Manchester United and Chelsea was an important game, and pretty much whoever won that game, you would sort of know if Chelsea won that game, they were going to win the league. Yeah, but and, I like that idea of like you ain't winning in my house. You know what I mean? Do right. you have to assault somebody? No, <laughs> you know the answer is no. No, you and don't. That is but, Wayne Rooney went in with that uh, with that intention but there's a little bit of like you know sort of old school in wayne rooney you know back in the day you know you you put your studs through somebody you know did you have to get the spiky ones uh wayne mm. you know but he purposely got playing, the long playing golf today you know and, and this was a thing i remember from <laughs> playing golf players. uh i remember this from back in the day like people used to say like oh when that player got when we saw that he had metal studs we knew he was serious like he was here to like right. try to hurt us or whatever like that was a, a like a, like a, a subliminal thing. He made it a lot more bliminal. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's bl- loud bliminal. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. He got wild bliminal because what he did was he basically said in this interview, which was a Sky Sports interview, uh, that he purposely set out to injure John Terry with those studs, right? Mm-hmm. And then when he said that, right, and he said that uh, he Terry sent him a shirt, right, and he. Sent he called him and said, "Would you mind sending me one of those studs back that's in your foot?" Because yeah. he did injure his foot. And right. by the way, he's saying that. And much like when you're having a conversation with your boy, you know what I mean, where you're like, "Oh, I remember back in the day, this girl." And you know the the <laughs> FA is out here listening, like your current girl, like, "Oh, word, oh, you was doing all that." You know what I mean? So now they're investigating. You know, yes, what I mean? and he's trying to tell his girl, "Babe, that was a long time ago. That was yeah. a different. It ain't you. I would never say that about you." Yo. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? But it looks like he, he could possibly get in trouble. He's obviously the you know the manager for Derby County. Derby County uh, is already dealing with. They had the the points deduction. He's trying to keep them. He's in, in a minute. The, they the were in administration. But how right. much do they hate Darby County? Leave them alone, dog. <laughs> they need this man. So it looks like, hey, look, so there's a precedent here because this, uh, in, in this article as well, they mentioned Roy Keane. Roy Keane, in his autobiography, talked about uh, uh, intentionally trying to injure Alpha Inga Her- uh, Holland, which is Erling Holland's father. Uh, so there was, a, yeah, that, that was in 2001. We all like knew that that was a really bad injury for, for Holland. But to know that it was intentional, Roy Keane ended up getting uh, fined and banned by the FA. He was playing at the time. He said that. Right, right, right. This is different. Ray Rooney's talking about something that happened, what? uh, I got to do math real quick. 16 years ago? Yeah, so I don't know. Is this something where the look? But he's he is in the FA. He is he, he's not playing, but he is a manager. He he's needs to get the, in the FOH. You feel <laughs> me? So I, there's a there's a possibility that Wayne Rooney could get in trouble for this and may have to miss some game, very important games for for Derby County. So we'll keep it. If you're the FA, you punish him. Um, it doesn't seem as sev- the injury itself, even though if he wanted to injure the injury itself, doesn't seem as severe as what happened to, to, uh, Alpha in Holland. But I don't know. I, I, I think it might, it, it would, it might be excessive to punish him now, but the, because the, the injury to, uh, to, even though John Terry did leave the match in crutches, but he wasn't as severely injured. It's still, I don't know. I, I, I'm honestly, 
I'm 50-50 here. I can understand if they do punish him, and I can understand if they don't. So, Well, uh, allegedly, John Terry's racist, so I don't care. Uh, if anything, <laughs> also I think— allegedly, I think, didn't he sleep with, like, a, a teammate's wife or whatever? I mean, the guy's not a great guy. But, hey, you know what my punishment for Wayne Rooney is? High-five, my guy. High-five. <laughs> he couldn't have done it to a better man. Uh, <laughs> but, look, okay. the pettiness don't stop there, and especially when it comes to Wayne Rooney's former teammate, Ah, look at that segue, huh? Mm. Come on now, you can't even rent that on vacation. That's such a good segue. <laughs> uh, it's uh, what you would call Ronaldo. <laughs> I just made the producer laugh. Uh, Ronaldo, uh, look, I've talked about this man before, and I will continue to say it. I think this man is bad. I would even go so far as to say he is a cancer for your club. Okay, I don't know what month he was born in. I don't know his moon rising or what house, but I bet you it was all cancer. Because this man is cancerous to your club. And another reason why I say that after all the things he's done, past and present, they go to Turf Moor. Nobody wants to play there. Not an easy place to play. But, you know, Burnley, if you're Manchester United and you out here thinking you should be winning the league and you got the greatest player of all time, you got the goat. He's back wearing the shirt that he should mm-hmm. be wearing. He's wearing Manchester United for now because he's going to go to PSG. Uh, <laughs> you think all of a sudden you should be winning. You've got all this blah, blah, blah. We got a new manager, Ralph Ranick. It's the Ralph Ball system, blah, blah, blah. And you go out there and you let them equalize and you can't do nothing in the second half. And you leave you leave with a draw. One point ain't helping you. Now you got to start talking about They were talking big about finishing in fourth. Now the conversation is we hope we can get to fifth. That's the conversation for Manchester United. They just got booted from the FA Cup uh, against uh, what is Middlesbrough. They're clearly not having a good a good run right now. And what does Ronaldo do? He did that big interview where he was like, man, I try to lead with example and talk to the players. And they don't want to hear me because this young young generation. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? What example does he lead by? He goes, and he walks off the pitch. <laughs> and he leaves. Well, well you know, you can't, you, you know, you can't stay on the pitch forever. You have to leave at some point. He's just How about away. as long as everyone else? Have you thought of that? <laughs> have you thought about being with your teammates? Um, hey, look, it, 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 it doesn't look like uh, this wasn't an example of leading by example. Uh, it was a frustrating loss for. How many uh, of these examples draw? do we need before we realize this is who he is? I, I agree. I There's don't a know. reason why I he's mean, not leading by example because his example is a bad example. What, the did, guy doesn't eat sweets? That's it? Christian start, doesn't eat sweets. Christian he, is a better leader. Look, yeah, <laughs> I hate I hate to be a person that sounds like I'm defending Ronaldo, but he didn't even start this game. Manchester United should win this game. I mean, this, he, this is the worst team in the league. Did he help them win? Did he do anything to foster <laughs> a better atmosphere? Did he do anything to make this team more united? The answer is no. Mm. Manchester, I mean, not so united. You feel me? <laughs> Whoa, what a sick burn, bro. Damn, no one's ever said that before. No. I didn't know the hot takes were going to become this intensely, bro. Okay. <laughs> you might want to wow. take that sweater off, my jean. <laughs> it's getting hot. Uh, look, it, it is. It, it, the, the, the main thing, at least I'm focusing on, is the, you know, the hypocrisy of like, uh, you know, this is how this is what the culture of the of the of this team should be, and he does not seem to be kind of fostering uh, that. And or help. there's no there's no sense that he is a leader, uh, and and consistently that he just seems like a dude that gets mad in his feelings when they when the team doesn't do well, which that right. is not really the same as uh, leading these these young men to success. Which I understand you being frustrated that, you know, look, you have a high level of expectation for yourself, for your club. You come on, what do you play, 20, 22 minutes? I get it, right? It didn't work out exactly well. It's a frustrating loss. Maybe there's players on the team that aren't doing what they're supposed to do, and maybe you are. But what you don't do 
is put a puss on, huff and puff, and walk off the pitch. Go lead by example. Go yeah. go become that leader that inspires this team to play better. Not the guy who's like, I, I'm going to go do abs. You know, I'm going to go do more crunches in the dark while I'm crying. That ain't helping nobody. And it's another example of dividing the team because now everyone's saying like, oh, Ronaldo, he's doing everything he can. It's you guys that aren't doing well. That you're you're a club. You're supposed to be united. It's supposed to be 11 players on that pitch, not 10 and Ronaldo. Right. Uh, yeah, look, and if, and if he has to do abs, he, sh- he should do abs the way Zlatan does while he's sh- straddling a punching bag. Okay, That's, That's right. The- <laughs> Making all of us sweat a little bit. You feel me? <laughs> you know, you would assume that when a player leaves a club under mutual agreement, right? Everybody mm. agrees, hey, this was a good idea, but it didn't work out. I'm going to go elsewhere. Oh, you got a new gig? Hey, good for you. All right. High fives. We all move on. You think it ends there. But when those two folks are Obama Yang and Arteta, oh, no, no, no. The saga continues. OK, uh, look, Obama Yang is at Barcelona right now. He should be content with that. They're doing great. They're in a position to qualify for Champions League. He's very highly sought after. It didn't work out at Arsenal. Move on. But look, he's come out and he's basically pointed the finger at Arteta and said he's the reason that uh, that he was pushed out of the club or that he left. Arteta's the reason Arteta's at fault. Which, by the way, that tells me Arteta's not the reason, right? And <laughs> I'll tell you why. I know that sounds counter- counterintuitive, but uh, when pressed on whether a personal issue with Arteta was led to his departure, this is from uh, Goal's, uh, an article on Goal. Aubameyang uh, told reporters at his Camp Nou unveiling, I think it was only him, and then he took his decision. He wasn't happy, and that's it. I was calm. Now, that last line right there, (laughs) whenever that's said, when a police officer shows up and says, like, well, I know you're saying they were the aggressor, but they have all the blood on them, right? (laughs) They're completely covered in blood and crying, and you just have bloody fists. Are you sure? I didn't do nothing. I was calm. I was calm. (laughs) I was calm is a lot of. I wasn't that calm. <laughs> right. Well, I was calm doesn't absolve you of any any wrongdoing, you know, just yeah, yeah, because yeah. you did it calmly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I didn't show up on time, but I was calm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I showed up late to games, 100%, but I was calm. <laughs> I wasn't like anxious about it. <laughs> I don't know why he's making a big deal out of it. Yeah, the, it, it's... Um, the, the 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 Spanish press is going to ask about it. You know, the, the, there's no way he he you know he arrives to Barcelona with being everybody being like, well, they will get every bit of blood out of the story. Right, right, right. They're not going to be like, well, I I I realized nothing happened at Arsenal and did, you know I had nothing. <laughs> your your the past few months have had. There's no reason why you ended up here. Uh, they're not going to yeah. let him just like you know. We should ask about a major club and you being late and being shunned from the rest of the team. Right. So you understand it. It's interesting that he has chosen to not like dead this story by putting some blame on somebody else. It, it, I, I get that he maybe he wants to make himself look a little bit better, but I, I look, I think the, you end up the, looking worse. You look worse. Yeah. It, it, he could have probably said, like, look, we, uh, you know, it didn't work out at, at Arsenal. And that's all I have to say about it. But he's like, nah, it was our dad. I don't know what's his deal. I mean, this, this, this being a damn weirdo. Like, <laughs> so, I wish I was still there. Like, you know, and we've talked about this before. We wish players would be like real. And we wish that they would not hide behind. But this feels wrong. This doesn't, this isn't the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is business, right? You know, yeah. it's just more. It's icky. Uh, yeah. You it's can't, the ick. You, 
You can't have this red right plate. <laughs> okay. Whoa. All right. All right. <laughs> so the uh, look, it, it's something that can't really play out in the public arena without with, with any with both parties looking uh, good. So it, it is, uh, you know, kind of wild. We'll see. Uh, but I do think he's going to succeed at Barcelona. I think if he stays injury free, I think there's a lot of uh, other great players around him that not as much will be required of him. So, but okay. this is our Kanye Kim in in the in the footballing world. You know what I mean? Of course, they're going, they're yeah. subbing each other. They're going back and forth. Uh, Arteta <laughs> said uh, that's his opinion. That's what he said, and you have to respect that. The way I see myself in that relationship is the solution, not the problem. <laughs> what? I mean, look, the only thing missing is Pete Davidson dating Obama. That's the only thing missing right now. Is that uh, is Pete Davidson his type? I don't know, but he seems to be everybody's type. I don't they, know how it works out. Body type, they're both kind of equal, right? They're tall, lanky. They both kind of look tired all the time. Neither one of them show up on time to anything. <laughs> okay, we can confirm that, right? All right. The uh, the other story I want to make sure we talk about is Pep Guardiola. Uh, Pep uh, was, was, they were asking him uh, for uh, his thoughts on some of his players. They were uh, out at a nightclub or some sort well, no, of... No, they all went out to dinner, but then there's video of Jack Grealish trying to get into a, into a, a bar, and yeah. they're not allowing him in because he's too drunk, and he is. So, but that's the thing. I don't know. I can't tell if he's 100% drunk in that. I don't know. Because you think it, he's it, also high? What are you saying? I don't know. I, I don't exactly know. But he, it, the, the, in the video, you see him kind of like slightly stumbling a little bit but, or somebody carrying him. But so the, 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 what I had heard uh, was that, they, that there was some sort of argument or fight or somebody tried to start something. And that maybe is why they didn't want to let them in. I don't know the exact details, but the the interesting thing here is not necessarily the video, but what Pep Guardiola's quote about it. Well, they asked him, right? They asked him, hey, are you going to punish your players? Yes. And he, and he essentially he said, oh, I'm going to uh, they're going to get fined for not inviting me or they're going to get in trouble for not inviting me, which is that is, you know, the anti Arteta. You know, he is 100%. he is the homie. He is like, oh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what happened to them? <laughs> He's like uh, punished. A hundred percent. They're going to get punished. Dog. I should have been there. You all would have duffed that that, that, that that bouncer right in his jaw. You feel me? It's pep time. Dog. Guardiola, he's uh, you know, he's you know, he don't snitch. He's just nah. like, yo. Oh, I, you know, if 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 somebody's like uh, uh, cheating on their girl, Pep would be like, nah, he was with me the entire time. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about, you know? <laughs> I, I know he said he was, I know someone else said they were also with that. Look, he came to both of our cribs. Dog. I don't know what you're talking about. In fact, I'm starting to get bad reception. I think I need to hang up. And they're like, dude, you're not even on the phone. We're just talking. He's like, yo, I got to go. What, mom? It's like, yo, your mom, your mom ain't here. <laughs> yes, that's it. Pep is ride or die. Yeah, Pep dog. knows how to get out the situation. He ain't going to let you. He ain't going to slip up. Nah, he ain't gonna snitch on you. <laughs> Incredible. So shouts to Pep, okay? <laughs> Yo, I just got a great idea. You should go to youtube.com slash soccer cooligans and hit that subscribe button. It's completely free and it helps us out tremendously. Why would you want to do that? Well, we've actually moved Prem Show from Twitch to YouTube Live. 
So if you hit that subscribe button, you get to find out when we're live. Oh, and hit that little bell too. It really alerts you. It actually pulls up a little note on your phone saying, hey, these guys are live right now. And you're like, oh my God, that's my favorite thing in the world. I should probably go do that right now. And if you say something funny in the chat or ask a dope question, you get to be on the show. We mentioned your name on the show. How dope is that? You get to be a part of it. So all you got to do is go to youtube.com slash soccer cooligans, hit subscribe, hit the little bell. It would help us out tremendously. Love to hang out with you there. All right, Christian, our guest is finally here. And you know what? Every once in a while, people be like, yo, you guys have been in this business for a while. Who are the coolest people that you could just text and will actually respond? And at the top of that list is the person <laughs> we're about to talk to today. I mean, how much breaking news, you know? When <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, even if we text our moms, they don't respond as quickly as uh, our next guest does. <laughs> My mom says, Telefono nuevo, quien es? <laughs> Question mark in the upside down question mark in the front. Yeah, it's a fair, you know, she doesn't have time uh, for you. She does not want to talk to me. But also, I don't think we've ever had someone on that breaks as much news as this person. In fact, they just did it today. So, of Mm. course, we had to talk to her. The one, the only, the amazing. Put your hands together for our friend, the best friend of our show. Been on the most. Meg Linehan, everybody. Meg, what's up? Hello again. Hello again. Yeah, just a normal day in the end of this cell, as always. <laughs> this is. Does uh, it feel like when you get good news, you almost have to always get a little bit of bad news as well? <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, that has been kind of the story of the end of this cell, right? But I think overall, you know, it has been at least trending in the right direction for the league over the go. past week or two. So, you know, I've been working on a CBA story that has actually been like a really good time, a lot of very like happy interviews and i'm like oh yeah this is what this job could be like who knew yeah i remember know, when, when <laughs> wow. we first i mean i remember the, the first time we uh, we spoke to you was during the women's world cup uh and you were you were in france uh this was i mean and you've been co- covering women's soccer for uh, a, a few years now but this is early on a little bit early on earlier on and what's what's sort of fascinating is that your rise in in just journalism right because it's it's the stories that you are especially recently that you've been covering are so much bigger than sports and and are very difficult complicated issues tragic you know emotional what's as as the journalist because we haven't really even gotten to speak to you about how you have felt covering all this stuff how are you feeling uh, you know even just going into this season yeah, I mean, I think it is very different, right? Like, I I very much remember that 29 interview and being in France and being, like, super tired but very excited, right? And, like, that was when I actually got to cover soccer and, like, things that were happening on the field a lot more. And now they're, you know, the equal pay lawsuit has come around. That's been a huge focus. Obviously, everything that's happened in the NWSL, there's more governance coverage of U.S. soccer, right? We have an election coming up soon that, you know, I just filed a story on that as well. So my job, it started with soccer. And now, you know, I can pretend like I went to law school and also business school and all the other <laughs> things that I pretend like I know things about. And yeah, it, it is very different. But I think we have been doing a lot of very big necessary work, especially in the the space of women's soccer. And I think one of the best things that's happened since the last time we talked is we also hired a second full-time women's soccer writer at the athletic and, and Steph young. And that has been huge and not just because she's a really good friend. And, you know, now I get roasted in both Slack and the group chats, but 
Mm. Um, <laughs> not just Twitter anymore. <laughs> not just Twitter anymore. Either, yeah. So, but that that's a huge thing is that like we've shown that the coverage is really important and worth additional investment and hopefully hopefully even more investment too. And and do you still see it trending that way now that the Athletic has been purchased by the New York Times? Do you think you know the investment in covering the sport? And obviously, I want to get to the investment that's now going to be made in the sport with the new CBA, but an investment in covering the sport. Do you think that will continue? I mean, I think you have to have the investment in the sport on the media side to grow along with the league itself. And I think everybody has been so positive on the growth of the league, even with all of the the struggles and like they're justified right over the past year. But you look at the investment, you look at this collective bargaining agreement coming through. And I think that's really one of the important things. And we've seen how important it is to have these big stories, right? These big investigations happen, but you also need the day-to-day coverage. You need beat reporting. Like I'm one person who likes to sleep and see my wife and like take my dog outside, right? And so you have to kind of balance all that stuff. And there's a lot of room for growth still in the investment of the coverage of the sport. And, you know, I think actually one of the, the big things that's coming out of this collective bargaining agreement and free agency is really going to help drive that just because, it's such an American sports thing. It's going to drive coverage and hopefully it actually drives people to pay people to write about women's soccer, which I know is a wild concept for some. I didn't know you were such a diva. Oh, you want to see your wife in here? Oh, wow. (laughs) Jeez. You want to live a healthy and productive lifestyle? No, 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 no. no. (laughs) She says, oh, wow. Que fancy. (laughs) Well, this is, this is, and I I want to, you know, at least get, you know, talk about this stuff um, in a honest and sincere way. This is a comedy show and and we will get to uh, the more lighthearted stuff. But like even uh, today, there was an article on the Washington uh, Post from Molly Hensley Clancy Clancy, uh, and uh, about uh, 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 just another coach that is just just more and more stories about these, these just terrible, either coercion, sexual abuse uh, uh, and, and emotional abuse. And, and I guess I can only think of it as I'm a I'm a straight dude who enjoys watching NWSL and and covering the league. We've interviewed so many players and it's so I'm like these stories have to stop, right? And not because I don't want them covered. I just uh, what, how is it that they keep happening? And and I think and I don't know if that's a question that you can answer, but having covered it as much as you have, like the fact that the you know the, the I guess the main thing I think about is the players that have to play and live with these stories or even if they leave, they leave the league early and it just but, but they can't really say anything or nobody believes them what is the sort of uh, uh i guess feeling amongst the players especially i know because i know i feel like the cba was a big part of kind of preventing that uh ha- from happening again i mean the cba is going to be really key for moving forward right but i think so much of what we've been doing in terms of end of cell coverage is figuring out what's happened and one of the things that I really wanted to get across in the story that I wrote last year about former head coach Paul Riley is that the culture around this league has only enabled the bad actors to to not just stay in the league, but also flourish, right? And that, I think, is one of the things that is changing in terms of players feeling enabled to speak out. But, you know, Molly Hensley-Clancy, another writer who has done just tremendously important work on the Washington spirit, on Chicago Red Stars, but other teams as well. One of the the big themes across all of these stories is players do attempt to report and then nothing happens, right? And so that I think is 
the big culture part that needs to shift, but also, you know, for all the stories that we've, we've seen in the NWSL, I think everybody is looking at this, this world of youth soccer and just thinking like, it's only going to get worse once we start digging into that landscape, because there's just, people aren't watching, right? Like maybe in your local community, there's reports or there's like a message board where, where things are being said, but that's the stuff that I think has really terrified a lot of people. And so Molly's story from this week, I think is really crucial in starting to make some of those links between kind of the larger landscape and how people rise up from this world and then get put in positions of power that, you know, we can go back and kind of look at this track record and say like, well, how do you even make it this far? And how do we stop people from advancing up the food chain as they are abusing and harming other people? And that's the big question that I think is going to be a long, long time to answer. Now, I think one of the, one of the reasons why, you know, if you, I think one of the benefits of having you on the show is you can sort of give us a little bit of a bird's eye view. You get a chance to speak to a lot of the folks in a lot of the clubs and in the league. So for the fans who don't may not understand, how does maybe some of the changes the league is making, some of the changes the clubs are making, and this new CBA all together, how is that going to give an opportunity to some of these players that will have an issue from something as small as, hey, I didn't like the way this you know, this, this training went to something as big as, you know, we, they really need like a lot of support around them, such as a sexual harassment, things like that. Are there now things in place? Yeah. I mean, I think the basic protections in, are in place. I think the collective bargaining agreement is really going to put kind of a lot of those foundational standards in place. Again, another really big win for the players. And I think everything that happened last year only reframed and kind of changed their approach, right. And also gave them even more power to make sure that they were getting the wins that they really felt that they needed. So that's good. On the club side, I think what's really interesting is there are still a couple major investigations just kind of hanging out and we're waiting to see the results of those. One of them is the joint investigation between the NWSL and NWSL Players Association. The one I'm really waiting for is run by Sally Yates, and she was hired as an independent investigator by U.S. Soccer. And I think that's really the one that might really expose <laughs> what is still kind of the work that needs to be done. But I think, you know, we're seeing kind of this shift also of former players coming into leadership within the NWSL. You think about someone like Yael Averbush West, if you want to talk about a friend of the show, right? And her role both starting the, the players' union – when she was a player and now as general manager of a club like Gotham FC, like that's that kind of thread that is only going to benefit the NWSL as an organization, but also the players of the NWSL because that's someone who has lived it and has known it and is going to fight to make it make sense for both sides. That's a big win. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't know what the solution is, but every, I feel like honestly, every time I read one of these stories, I'm like, I want to fight a coach. I guess I got to <laughs> physically fight a coach. I don't know why he makes me so upset. <laughs> Might be the only way out of this. You know, we show anyway. up with a couple bats. You know. <laughs> All right. So let's talk. Uh, 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 moving forward, and and uh, the thank you for releasing the schedule for the Challenge Cup. Uh, everybody was waiting, uh, and and you, you knew you were going to get your notifications were about to get blown up. Good on you. For, <laughs> uh, the so the Challenge Cup uh, is happening. There's obviously the the. She believes cup uh is happening uh as well but this nwsl 
season. Uh, there's, uh, I feel like uh, just there, there's more, there's, there's more storylines, there's more interest. And I think obviously the, let's talk about the NWSL champions, right? Uh, the Washington spirit and going into this season, uh, even I believe today as well, we're, we're taping this on, on the, um, February the 8th. Uh, Michelle Kang is now the new, uh, the, the the owner the like majority owner uh for the Washington Spirit but what I know you and Pablo Maurer have been uh, covering this uh, a lot as well if you can wrap it up in, in a fairly short I don't because because I I can't comprehend everybody wanted uh, Steve Baldwin to sell the team it seemed like there there was obviously workplace and culture issues they had a a, a terrible coach that they that they ousted that Baldwin have you was never like, met a rich person they don't listen to anyone <laughs> they think they but, know everything but, what the, the, I think this is I want to know from this part of the story they, there was uh, a a meeting where they both made a pitch uh, Kang and Baldwin about Kang was saying why she should be the majority owner and Baldwin was saying why she shouldn't be the majority <laughs> owner which seems like what in the world is going on. So, what what did you take from uh, from that whole saga? Yeah, I mean, this is basically like succession, the end of this old version, <laughs> right? Like, it really is just kind of this. It, it has to be just a limited run series. At some, like, some smart network is going to look at this and be like, "Oh my god, what on earth happened?" Because this thing had more twists. Because you also have this potential ownership group coming in with Todd Bowley, right? Who's like a part owner of the Dodgers and Sparks and all these other sports teams who's like handpicked by Steve Baldwin to come in and run it with like a local club group. And so in order for Michelle Kang to step in as majority owner first, she had to also get like a whole bunch of retroactive approvals from the NWL, And it's very like nitty gritty details. We don't need to get into it, but it does boil down to, there are these two opposing presentations during an NWSL board meeting, Michelle Kang saying, here's what I do. If I take over the team, here's how much money I'm willing to spend. Here's where they'll train all that kind of stuff. Right. And then Steve Baldwin's presentation, all we really know about it is like, here's why she shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, fuck all that. No, 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 no. don't listen to her. <laughs> what am I going to do for the club? Forget that. Let's talk about what she's not going to do because obviously yeah. we're not going to pick her. <laughs> So would I pay a significant amount of money to either like have someone leak me his PowerPoint presentation or some sort of recording of that Zoom meeting? Absolutely. I yeah. I don't know what my price would be, but it would be high. Okay. Anyway. Would we show up to your crib with popcorn to watch it if you can get leaked? 100%. Yes. Yeah. So inevit- like the NWSL board unanimously supports Michelle as part of this process, right? They give her all the approvals that she needs and basically clear the path for her to become majority owner. What actually then needed to happen is for everyone at the Washington Spirit within that ownership group to do the math and figure out who was actually majority owner because she's also like flipping people that Steve Baldwin brought in to be investors to her side. And that's where the succession part comes in is like there's all this kind of like amazing subplot of hey you were steve's boy come on over to my side yeah Yeah, yeah. and so (laughs) there's some real real drama in that but yes tuesday february 8th this is the day where we can finally say that this is in theory done right like in theory um this will actually be the end of the the months long ownership saga the players had put their support behind michelle kang 
she seems to be in place, but it has been one of the wildest rides. And I think also one that really a lot of NWSL fans were rightfully nervous about, because if this had gone in a different direction, I think it would have, you know, there are a lot of people kind of waiting for that last straw with the league right at the moment. And this absolutely would have been it. So it's a good kind of, I think, sigh of relief, but also a real celebration for the Washington fan base today. Well, Meg, breaking news. Steve Baldwin is currently (laughs) handcuffing himself to a support beam at the Washington. <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's, he's just he's, he he's ha- attached himself to the goalpost and is just like, oh, these things move? Oh, I didn't oh no, no, no. He's moving with them. Let's talk about uh, one of the players uh, who won and looked absolutely incredible and honestly looks like they could be the potential future superstar of uh, women's soccer here in the U.S. Trinity Rodman, absolutely incredible. She got the bag. She got the big yeah. old bag. Uh are we, is there going to be more? I mean, are more players? Is this a sign of things to come? And a couple of years ago, we heard that there was no money in this sport. Where is this money coming from? And are these owners ready to spend big? Yeah, I mean, I think so to start there, like there is still kind of this fundamental tension in the NWSL of you have owners with deeper pockets. You have owners who have been doing it a really long time, right? Like you think about a Chicago Red Stars, right? And They've had to open up the pockets now also because U.S. national team players aren't being subsidized by U.S. soccer anymore. They are now on NWSL payrolls, which is a big shift in the league. Trinity Rodman, though, like that is kind of now this new foundation. And to be fair, right, like NWSL owners, I think, have always kind of figured out ways to like incentivize players to come into this league even if you know the max salary was a certain amount like oh yeah you know you can have this car you can have this how like we'll figure it out right you think about someone like marta who has had kind of these historically high salaries there's a reason why players like that are going to come to the nwsl but now we are actually kind of in this age of players getting those deals on the books which is i think a really nice win for this league but also the fact that owners are going to have to spend. And again, it points to the CBA being this kind of new foundation of the league is that you're going to have to actually make players want to play for you because they're going to become free agents. When Trinity Rodman's deal is up, she's going to be a free agent. So if you take care of her now, is she going to want to stick around for you? Maybe. Yeah. Right. Like that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean that it it should be a a free market uh, to to some degree, and I know free agency was a very big deal in uh, in the NWSL uh, CBA. I, I I don't remember if that was uh, put in place. I, I I could be wrong if it, if it wasn't, but uh, I know that was a big deal. But the 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 issue, the interesting thing, uh, Trini Rahman also is is on the She Believes uh, Cup roster. She wasn't mm-hmm. initially called in. She replaced Abby Dahl Kemper after uh, uh, she had to uh, Abby had to leave for an injury. But you know what? I'm on the side of like, I think it's crazy that she wasn't immediately on there. I know there's now there's like 42 forwards on this team, but but it would have to me. It's a huge mistake. Like one defense, Becky on the back line, right? You have like a, you, you have a goalkeeper. Casey Murphy can be starting goalkeeper. Becky. Rose Lavelle, and then all forwards. And it was just, right, just right. let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I would, as long as Becky Sauerbrunn scores a goal and she believes cup, preferably when at, my, at these games in LA, anything can happen and I will be down for it. Okay. Um, I'm still waiting for that Becky Sauerbrunn goal. I just, I need to be there in person. That's all I want to say about it. But Trini Rodman, like <laughs> please. 
Trinity Rodman, yes, I think definitely should have been on the roster the first time around. What I think is really interesting is that there is this tension, right? Like, Vlako Andonovsky has gotten a question about players like Tobin Heath, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, every single press conference he does being like, where are they, right? And the answer is always the same, like, we know them. <laughs> like, let them go play in the league. We know what they're doing. Like, they're fine. Please calm down. And so to bring in someone like Trinity Rodman, she was going to be a training player. Originally has now been added to the roster, but I think there is kind of this tension of the team wants to introduce her to the national team environment in a way that makes sense for her. But also I think there is like a lot of honest, very good criticism around kind of the way that it's being presented of, I think you can introduce a player like Trinity Rodman slowly to the environment, but this concept of the league is one thing, the national team is different. Like that's accurate, but this is a player that like immediately showed she belonged in the league immediately. Like just, there were no questions, right? Like I think there was that, okay, this is a big bet for the spirit when she gets drafted, right? No college experience. She's played on the youth national team system, right? Which also, in theory, is supposed to be a pipeline to the senior national team. But she is a player that has shown, like, she doesn't really need a lot of time to adjust. And so that, I think, is going to be one of the more interesting storylines of, like, why are they maybe being a little more delicate with Trinity Rodman and introducing the national team when they haven't done that with, like, a Sophia Smith, right? And so that's the part where we don't really understand what this whole she needs to be introduced in the right way discussion is really about because using an excuse of the league is the league doesn't really check out just from an eye test point of view. Okay. Right. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. It, uh, it, it just, it, the, the, the decision seemed a little bit uh, surprising uh, to, to say the least, but yeah, because it, it's, it's almost like no matter what position you, even throughout the season, uh, even throughout the playoffs, no matter what position she's in, whether you think she's about to lose the ball, whether she finds a way to make a pass, finds a way to nutmeg somebody. Just like, she's got a wild the, amount of skill. This is the thing yeah. I, I, I thought when I saw her initially left off the roster that it seems like the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, the, the quality of, uh, of so many good players is it, like there's, there's going to be spillover, right? Where there's just not enough yes. roster spots. And I, I feel like this might start happening where, and it happened a little bit now, but you might see very good U.S. players that can represent the United States start representing other countries a, a little bit more. I, I feel like that's, we're on the, the precipice of seeing more, losing more players possibly that, that can represent other nations. I don't know if you or ever. Uh, we could do U.S. Women's National Team too. Right. Don't you remember that news cycle from 2019 when Allie Krieger was like, we could have a B team here and still beat a whole bunch of players. And then the world was like, how dare you even suggest that? Uh, Well, you know, okay. So look, let's do something reasonable. Let's have a civil war, split the nation. Uh And now we can, you could choose, choose a side. You have two nations represented by FIFA. All right. There's so many people that'll be so excited to hear the word civil war. We do not want to inspire them. Sorry if I have so many good ideas. I mean, they they just come to me. I don't know what what else I can say. (laughs) Uh, Meg Linehan, thank you so much 
for joining us. Uh, always a pleasure. Always an Alexis, do you have another question or did no, I cut no, you? No, no, that was great. Okay. No, that was perfect. Meg, is there anything? Uh, obviously, you are crushing it at the athletic. Is uh, is there anything else you may want to let people know about? Any uh, you know any Meg bombs dropping soon or anything like that? <laughs> I, I I think I feel like I'm actively trying to avoid <laughs> Meg bombs, but you know I I still don't have any inside information about when the regular season schedule will be out, but. They have until about two weeks before it starts. So sometime before then. That's all I got. I like okay. how you've already said that. Look, I don't have the schedule. That will not stop people from asking you. It will <laughs> I'm glad you're saying that. <laughs> but, but nice try. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everybody, go follow uh, Meg uh, on Twitter, especially at uh, It's Meg Linehan. You can follow us at Soccer Cooligans uh, and follow at Fubo Sports as well. And subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube channel for more uh, full episodes and clips of the show. All right. Let us end the show the way we normally do. Meg, please join us. Uh, you're, you're, you're regular uh, here. Okay. <laughs> so for Meg Linehan, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The Corner!